We're going to get started in just a minute. But before we do, I want to talk to you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. This is what I use for my podcast, and it is fantastic. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to March or Die. My name is Jeremy Stolliker. I am your host today and so glad to have you with me. Looking forward to a fantastic conversation that I know you are going to enjoy. But before we jump into that, I want to remind you, as I do every week, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Uh, this, of course, is found anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Wherever it is you're listening from, make sure you subscribe so that you know when new episodes come online. That would be awesome. If you're listening over at Mojo Five O, again, thank you for that. Love the partnership there and uh, excited about all the connections that we're making there. But if you are listening either to the podcast or over at Mojo, I would ask you to do one thing when this episode is over. Jump over to YouTube. And uh, I know we fight with YouTube, we complain about YouTube, but YouTube is still a great place for content. And I have a channel there. You can find it using my name, Jeremy Stallnecker. Uh, just about everything I use has my name attached to it. Not because I love my name, but because I forget things. <laughs> I can remember my name. So go to YouTube, search for Jeremy Stallnecker. You'll find my channel there. And uh, this episode, the video version of this episode is there, as well as many others, and a ton of other content. I do my best to put content there that would be relevant and helpful to you. And uh, I hope you'll go over there. Go ahead and subscribe if you have not yet. Hit the notification bell. Again, that lets you know when more content like this and other stuff comes online. Check that out. Leave me a comment. Share it out. Would love to connect with you there. That would be Awesome. You can also, if you're interested, go over to my blog page, also my name, jeremystallnecker.com, jeremystallnecker.com. That is my blog. You can find uh, blog articles. I've written many. They're, they are there. Also there, and maybe more importantly, are the links to all of my socials and other content that I have produced, as well as to the organization that I work for, the Mighty Oaks Foundation. So much of what we do is found on our web page and all of our other social sites. You can find the link on my blog, jeremystallnicker.com. And if all of that didn't confuse you enough, I would encourage you, if the only thing you want to do is go to social media, go to my Instagram page, Jeremy Stallnicker. You can find me there on Instagram. I'm on the other platforms, of course, but uh, the most active there, and I uh, would love to connect with you on that platform. Thank you. A lot said there, but uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of this conversation. Uh, this, of course, is the March or Die show. And if you've listened, listened for any length of time, uh, you understand that March or Die is a phrase that represents two choices that all of us have when life gets difficult. And it gets difficult. When life gets difficult, when there are obstacles or trials, when there are battles or enemies, we have to decide what we're going to do. 
Well, we put one foot in front of the other, marching forward, marching, continuing to the place that God really wants us to be and to the place that we can better impact the battle that we're in, or will we just decide to give up, to stay where we are and die? Those are the choices. We can march or we can die. And every week, uh, I do my best to provide insights and principles and perspectives that will help you do just that. Today, we have a great guest on. I'm very thankful he would spend some time with us. Um, I've enjoyed his podcast and his content. Uh, He is a runner, a real one. Uh, I'm kind of an amateur, amateur runner. (laughs) Uh, I enjoy running. I've been doing it for a long time. But uh, Jonathan Flores is a guy who uh, runs for real. Uh, In fact, the name of his podcast is Run With Purpose. He talks to many folks in uh, the running community and the running world. He has a goal that he is endeavoring to meet to run 50 marathons in 50 states. That's crazy. The 50 marathons part's crazy. The 50 states part is crazy, and he's already done 39 of those, uh, which I think is awesome. Uh, but in addition to that, he and his wife have started a nonprofit simply called Hangry. Now, you guys know what it's like to be hangry. It's a little bit angry because you're hungry. Well, there are a lot of folks who don't have the food they need, and that is where the name came from for their nonprofit, Hangry. Uh, The tagline there is, Get Hangry, End Hunger. Get Hangry, End Hunger. And Jonathan and his wife have mobilized many in his community and uh, in the larger community of runners, and now even beyond that, uh, to uh, provide food to those who need it in uh, many communities where that is a real problem. And uh, thankful to talk to him. His perspectives are great. And I know that this show will be an encouragement to you. Thanks for watching, and please enjoy this conversation with Jonathan Flores. Jonathan Flores, great to have you here, man. Thanks for joining me today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, it's been, uh, I've been following you for a little while, and um, it's really cool. We were just talking about this. This is a cool way to meet people, and, and having a platform like this, I can say, hey, would you come on and talk to my audience? Really, I want you to talk to me because I think what you're doing <laughs> exactly. is cool and, and I want to talk about it, but I uh, really appreciate it, man. Thank you for doing it. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. So uh, we talked about your bio a little bit and uh, I've given our audience some introduction, but uh, if you wouldn't mind, take a couple minutes, just tell us who you are, where you came from and how you got into some of the things you're doing right now. You've got some really cool things going on, um, but where'd you come from? I, I always find it interesting to talk about you know the past and what shapes someone into like in your case, wanting to run 50 marathons in 50 states and being involved in some of the nonprofit work you are and some of those things. What what brought you to this point in your life? Yeah, for sure. There's a it's a it's an interesting journey. It's a, it's one that a lot of people don't expect to hear, especially from a runner. And if you look at kind of what I'm doing, it is kind of uh, kind of weird sometimes. But I'm originally I was born in Florida, uh, South Florida, West Palm Beach, and grew up mostly in North Carolina, uh, just outside of Raleigh. Uh, you know, typical, typical childhood, no real thing, you know, parents separated, parents got divorced, basically the story of most people nowadays, yeah, unfortunately. unfortunately yeah. And, you know, you go through that situation, you kind of learn just to persevere through that, you know, play baseball uh, my entire life, you know, it was my sport of choice. It's all I wanted to do. I was like, you know what, I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a baseball player. I probably won't be a great baseball player. At least I had that like understanding that it's like, right. I might not start, <laughs> but if I can make that 40 man roster, like sure. that would just be ideal and um crazy enough in in uh in high school i started having some knee problems and it was just super weird and it started getting some water in my knees uh, by my knees and couldn't bend the right way i couldn't push off it was just nothing but pain any type of running any bit of it all i was just like this this sucks like i I don't want to do this 
And that basically ended baseball for me. It's sophomore year in high school. And we had moved back down to Florida after that and kind of just needed to say, okay, what am I going to do now? And, and obviously at that point in time, it was, well, you're, you're about to head into college. Let's uh, get a degree. What's going to make you a lot of money? Finance. Finance makes everybody a lot of money. Right. Uh, I don't know if you guys were, uh, remember 2008, um, but 2008 wasn't a good year for finance. Not a good that, year. No, not a good uh, year. <laughs> and that's when I graduated with a degree in finance. So it was like, well, there was money to be made uh, and everyone already made it and now it's going down. Right. So uh, I moved from Florida. Uh, in between there, I met my wife. We were dating and engaged. She lived in, we lived in Florida. She moved up to Ohio to be closer to some of her family. And basically the day after I graduated from uh, Florida Atlantic in, in Boca Raton, Florida, I moved to Ohio and that's where I've been since that's yeah, in 2008. So it's been a, it's been a hot minute, but while I was in Ohio, you know, I played golf a lot when I couldn't play baseball in Florida. And it was one of those things where, you know, I can't play golf in Ohio because, you know, it's snowing half the year. It's and then, frozen. yes, yeah, we, we literally got three inches of snow yesterday, which I was like, this is asinine, but it, it had the, uh, it already melted. But, um, so I was like, well, I can't really play golf all year. And then golfing is expensive here. It was super cheap in Florida because, you know, it's a hundred degrees. Nobody wants to play in the afternoon, right. but I would. So I was like, well, I need something to do outside. And I was like, well, I don't know if running really is the right thing for me because I had all these knee issues, you know, during high school and stuff. It didn't make any sense that I hated running. I was like, maybe I'll just sign up for a 5k, you know, that let's, let's see what we can do on a 5k. And I remember my first training run that I ran three miles it took me almost 40 minutes, but I was still like, you know what? I did it. I made, I made my three miles and I was so excited. And, and then that really just stuck. It started feeling really good. And I was like, I was going outside. I didn't really want to run on the treadmill. I was like, let's go outside and do this. And basically within a year of me starting to run, I ran my first marathon and it was just a crazy journey, a crazy experience, the, the meeting people and then everything that went along with that. And then after a few races, we kind of, we started realizing like, Hey, wait a second. Like you're doing different races, like in different places. Like, wouldn't it be cool? Like <laughs> if you just did a race, like in every state, cause then it just gives you like a reason to visit States. And I think it was already like six States in at this point when we decided to do this or five States in. And then, yeah, that's kind of been my journey. So I did my first marathon in 2011. So literally coming up on 10 years since I did my first one, but I didn't really start this goal probably until 2015. So really in the last five years, I've knocked off, you know, almost, I've got 39 states down to, to date and it's just been an amazing experience. But in the, in the gist of that, so talking about a little bit of the nonprofit stuff as well, we went from some of the races I was doing, there's a, a 50K locally called the Plain Possum 50K and their whole premise is supporting the Special Olympics. The race directors take $0 from the race. They're like, hey, let's, let's do this. I want to host a race to give back to the community. And it really inspired me of like, Hey, I like running. Like I could probably host a race. Let's do this race. And, and my pastor at the time had a, uh, a sermon where he's talking about using your gifts and abilities and talents to help someone else. So I said, okay, I'm good at running. I can figure this out. And within 90 days, we, we did our first race in what was then called the hangry race series. And the whole idea was let's raise money for those living with the issue of hunger. And, you know, five years later, over $20,000 raised in seven races, we're like, all right, this, we're on to something here. There's, there's a need that we can meet. And the race wasn't just cutting it. You know, we were just doing one event every year. 
it was great to get people out raising some money, but we weren't really raising that awareness and that sort of thing. So just this year, my wife and I started Hangry, as you can see, got the hat on, got to represent today. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, we, and uh, we started Hangry this year. And the whole idea is we're angry for those living with the issue of hunger and, and we're doing something about it. We're not going to sit on the sidelines. So we still have a virtual race that'll be coming up here at the end of May. Um, but really our focus isn't on the race anymore. The focus is on specifically helping people and, and getting out into the community and kind of being the hands and feet. Um, yeah, that's, that's a very, very wide and very quick definition of my life, I guess. Man, that's, that's awesome. Um, one of the interesting things I mentioned to you, I'm a, I'm a, an amateur, amateur runner. <laughs> I've been running my entire life. I, it's funny. You talk about baseball growing up. I played baseball. Um, I loved baseball. I had decided I was going to the Olympics. I was going to play baseball. I was great. And then I started playing in high school and realized I was only pretty good. <laughs> there were a lot of guys who were really good. Um, I was a catcher and I was a good catcher, but I was a skinny kid and I got run over a lot and realized, yeah, this is not going to be my future. I don't know. Um, but I've been running forever off and on and uh, I love it. I'm not, you know, real tied to the running community, although I know a lot of runners, but uh, it's an interesting community in that it's really big and you don't realize that if you're not part of it. Um, I think they say, you know, particularly like ultra marathons, the fastest growing outdoor sport in America yeah. right now. Um, but they're also very focused uh, as a group on, on helping you know, whether that's uh, today, all of the Instagram posts from the running community are about, you know, national, whatever it is, global world day or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, it's always about focusing on helping someone else and raising money for some cause. And, and uh, I think it's a really cool community that way. Um, and it, and it's, it's cool that you would leverage that to, to do what you're doing. Um, what's your response been from, from runners, from friends, from people uh, about, you know, hangry and what you're trying to do to feed people in these communities? It's been, it's been really, really great. Honestly, like when we started with the race, it was, you know, like you said, the runner com running community that they just want to race. They don't care really what yeah, it's right. like, Oh, you support <laughs> right. something, yeah. then we're going to do it. And it's right. super interesting because usually, you know, your 5k, 10k, the people that do 5k, 10ks aren't the same people that usually do 50ks. Yeah. So most of my friends were 50k and plus, like that's what they did, but having them come out and either run the race support by volunteering or whatever the case might be, it kind of brought a different feel to it where it almost, we ran our small race as though it was a 50k, the way we did things, the way it was set up, the way it was organized. And I think that for the people that have done ultra marathons, you know, it's more of a, it's very community knit and it doesn't feel like an over the top race. It feels very personal and that sort of thing. And that's kind of what, the vibe that we did with it. So a lot of runners through the years of us doing the races kind of realize that like, Oh, wait a second. Like this doesn't feel, you know, like, you know, the color run or the hot chocolate run. It doesn't feel like any of these big corporate things, but you're making a larger impact in the community. And I think that was a big thing for us as, as race directors, my wife and I was figuring out, we didn't want to make money off of this. This wasn't a, my job. I have a full-time job. I have things that pay the bills, but if I can use a platform that I have and an influence that I have to make a difference for someone else, well, then that's what I'm going to do. It might take more work on my end, but to me, it's like, okay, I get two hours less of sleep, but the amount of people I'm helping that you know literally didn't have food last week, to me, it's worth it. That perspective is is really important. I have been asked several times, um, you know, why do you run? Why do you run long distances and things like that? And I don't talk about it a lot, um, but it's something I do. It's something I've always done. I mentioned to you, I'm getting ready to do a 50K in a couple of weeks. And 
Um, and there's a difference between running is my life and running supports my life. I like the name of your podcast, Run With Purpose, because I think that's what it should be. It's about using what you have, what God has given you, the platform and the skills to do something important. And you mentioned, uh, you know, using those skills, your pastor said that, use your skills to help others. That's really what the body of Christ is. It's, it's using what God has given you, not feeling like you need to have what God has given someone else, recognizing right. what he's given to you and using that to support his call on your life. And I think a lot of people, particularly, you know, Christian people, people of faith, they miss that. They say, well, I don't have the same speaking gifts or the same, mm. you know, connecting gifts or the same whatever gifts. All I can do is, you know, we'll say run. <laughs> uh, yeah. All I can do is, you know, design. All I can do is whatever. Well, if that's what you can do. It's not all. That's what God has given you. And that's what you should leverage to help other people. Right. And that's the idea is you have, you have what you have. And we all have some sort of voice and some sort of influence over someone or something. Yeah. And just using that, realizing that none, no piece of it is wasted. You know, we all have that kind of purpose. And if we can just kind of tap into what that purpose is and be intentional with it, that's why I think like purpose and intentionality go hand in hand is because you can have a purpose, but if you're not intentionally going after that purpose, your purpose is useless. Yeah. I said uh, uh, on Instagram the other day that or I did a video on Instagram the other day, and the, the gist of it was um, people say you can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. And, and I believe that's false. I don't think you can be whatever you want to be or do whatever you want to do but you can be exactly what God has created you to be uh, and do exactly what God has created you to do. Someone responded on that. And I think uh, here's a direct quote to the response, the comment, this is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I, I am on social media for the encouraging comments that come back. And, um, you know, the, here for the comments. He, I'm there for the comments. He went on and said, you know, here's why I think it's stupid. I don't believe in God. I don't have a faith relationship in that sense. And, and it, it kind of boiled down to, there's no way to know what God created you to be, what God created you to do. There's no way to find your purpose. Um, and we actually had a, a good exchange. It wasn't a bad thing. It was just one of those funny things. Yeah. Um, when you talk about finding purpose, uh, what, what does someone need to do to find their purpose, you know, in, in the gift set that God has given them? That's, that's a tough one. I think a lot of the times you don't know it until you know it kind of thing is something comes, comes up and it just, it hits you a different way. It means a little different to you than other people. You know, so if two people are looking at the same thing and it only affects one of them, they're like, well, maybe you should kind of dig into that. Sure. I think one way to kind of help unlock it is to kind of make yourself uncomfortable with things. You know, kind of, I I always say you get comfortable with discomfort. Push yourself out there a little bit because then that's when you can see where your growth opportunity may be. Because it's hard to just say, you know, do these things or or try to point here to get to help find your purpose or A, if you do these things, it may guide you that way. But I think it's when you kind of step out into faith, really, into that unknown, into that uncomfortableness, right. you can kind of see like, okay, maybe, maybe this is where I need to be. And sometimes it's not. We um, just finished a book in our life group at the end of last year called All the Places You'll Go. And it was kind of a play on the, the Dr. Seuss book and stuff. But the whole idea was you, there's all of these doors that are going to be open for you. And sometimes you will go through the door 
And it may not be the right door that you should have gone through, but the act of going through the door, not seeing what was on the other side and actually taking a step through the door is the obedience that you need to have in faith. And when you do that, the more doors you go through, you're going to find your direction and purpose, but you'll never know where that's at if you don't even take that first step. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, being uncomfortable or uh, being comfortable with discomfort. Um, uh, I heard someone talk recently about the difference between pain and suffering and that they're not the same thing. And this was in the context of running, actually. Um, you know, pain is pain, it's usually painful. Though, it's usually funny. painful. Right. And it is painful. But but pain is an output. There's an input. Pain is the output. It tells you that things are working or a different kind of pain may tell you something's broken. That's different than suffering. Mm-hmm. Suffering is a hopelessness. Suffering is being overwhelmed by the pain. Suffering is an emotional response to the pain. And I think a lot of people, they hit that place of discomfort and they say, well, now I'm suffering. And so they, they take a step back because they don't want to suffer. But there really is a difference between feeling the pain, feeling the pushback and, and suffering. We don't have to suffer, but we should push through the pain to get to the place that perhaps, you know, God wants to use us. I think that's a man, such an important lesson. Yeah, there's there's no growth when you sit comfortable. I, right. I like to say it's like you're you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. There is no standing still because things are continuing to move forward. So if you're standing still, you're being left behind. And and really that's a sad thing because you don't want that. So you need to keep pushing forward and finding that purpose, being intentional and saying, Okay, where's that edge of my comfort? What am I comfortable in doing here? Yeah all right, let's take that next step and just step out in faith and see what's going to happen. Again, you may go through that and go, you know what? That wasn't for me. I right. did sure, I did sure. a triathlon and I was just like, <laughs> no, I'm from Florida and I can't swim. I know how I, I learned. I don't know how to swim. I know now how not to drown. Hmm. That's about it. So when you're in the middle of like a disgusting lake and there's a guy on a kayak right next to you going, you okay, man? Like, you going to make this? And I'm like, just need a breather. Just give me a quick breather and I'll, I'll get this through. You know, I realized, hey, I made myself uncomfortable and I'm never going to do that again. But the act of saying I tried to do it, I took that step to see, hey, is this something that's going to help me grow or help find purpose? Obviously, a triathlon is a different kind of example. But if you don't push yourself to that next level, you'll never know what you're capable of. Yeah, that's right. And there's growth in that, too. I mean, there's growth and I tried it. It's not for me. I'm going to move on to something else. I think there's a lot of growth there. Um. Okay. So often we talk about, I say, okay. Okay. So often we talk about uh, on this show, particularly moving forward when things become difficult. That's, you know, the premise of this show, Uh, march or die. There are two choices. You can march or you can stay where you are and die. And a lot of people do that. That's the not pushing through discomfort. That's the saying, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to quit. I'm done. Um, And I think one of the keys to pushing forward when it would be easier to quit, to pull back is finding your why, understanding why you're doing what you're doing. Why would I push through the discomfort? Why would I do the things that you've just talked about? Um, There's a quote from a book, and uh, I don't know if you know the title of the book, but it's a picture that you put on your Instagram page. I I love this quote. Here's the quote. Uh, That's the key here, to find meaning to the effort and make sure it is worth it for you. Because if the discomfort of running isn't worth it to you, it's basically the same as hitting yourself in the legs with a broomstick. That's a great sentence right there. And why would you do that when you just don't have to, right? Um, 
Okay. So in running in any physical pursuit, you have to know why you're doing this. Why am I doing this? It's hard. It hurts. Why am I going to continue? If there's not an answer to that question, then you should probably quit and do something else. But life is that way as well. We're going to have obstacles. We're going to have trials. We're going to have these, these encounters with, um, you know, the enemy metaphorically or otherwise. And if we don't know our why, why am I doing this? Then there really is no motivation to push forward. Um, can you talk about that for a minute? I, I, I've noticed that's a theme that you kind of come back to again and again is finding your why, understanding your why. Um, why is that important? And how do we do that? How do we get a hold of that? That's always a hard thing to ask. You're like, why, <laughs> why, why? Is your why important? <laughs> yeah, that, that quote was actually from the book. Uh, it's called I Hate Running and You Can Too. Oh, good. good. Um, <laughs> and it, it's so great. And the, the subtitle of it is, I had to bring it up here. It's How to Get Started, Keep Going, and Make Sense of an Irrational Passion. There you go. That's by Brendan Leonard. It's a, it's a really funny book. Uh, it's, it's pretty short. You can read it in a day. But it's the whole idea of finding your why really gives purpose to everything you do. If you can't kind of pinpoint that, you really don't have this direction to kind of keep moving forward. So as that quote said, is your, you know, if it's not for you, it's it's not your race to be ran. And what ends up happening in today's culture really is we find purpose in other people's purposes. We look at their purpose and go, they seem happy, which is a trigger word for me here. They seem happy. And because they're happy, I'm going to rinse and repeat what they're doing. Because obviously whatever they're doing is the right thing to do because they're happy. And you start living for someone else's purpose and not for your own. And, And that's a dangerous place to be because you'll never find contentment there. You'll never be, you'll never find joy in that, in that life or in those activities because they're not meant for you. I say it with goals and motivation and everything there. You really need to know why you are doing those things. I know my wife and I started hangry because we were angry for those living with the issue of hunger. We wanted to do something and be a difference in the community. That worked for me. That doesn't work for everyone else. Our nonprofit is different than a lot of folks because we're really just focusing on the things we want to do. We're not trying to get caught up in, um, you know, typical bureaucracy that you can sometimes get with board members. And that's sort of thing. We told our board, basically, we want you to be leaders and guide us in, in the direction that we're going through. Uh, that's what we want you to do. We're not trying to get this like hoopla of what's going on and where you're going to sit and all of these like random things. Like sure. we're helping people with the issue of hunger. Get, beside, get behind that or don't, and, and not to be rude with it, but it's, that's our purpose. And we chose people on our board specifically that are going to help us get there. I think I, I think I kind of answered your question, but I may have gone around in a circle. No, it's great. I think you're exactly right. People get distracted, and often it is pursuing other people's passion. Um, and happiness is a weird word, right? What does that mean to be happy? It, and most people who look happy aren't happy anyhow, first of all. Right. <laughs> but, but that's why, you know, the word joy is so important because joy has nothing to do with happiness. Joy is, I think it's a deep abiding understanding that I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. I'm leveraging my gifts. I'm moving forward. Um, and I can have joy in that. I think that's, right. you know, a, a very important difference people get so distracted and you're exactly right in the nonprofit world, which is my world as well. You start off with the best of intentions. You start off with understanding your why my why is to, and you can answer that. And then you get distracted with expanding your why redefining your why going after somebody else's why, because someone told you you should, um, 
there's so you much to it. You can get into that spot where it's it's a straight comparison game. And and that's just really that's society and life as it is now, is we're always looking to someone else and how they're doing something. And I just had a guest on my show a couple of weeks ago bring up this idea of um instead of worrying about someone's to-do list, look at how they're being. Follow their to be because we're all being a certain way when we're trying to be successful. We're doing so we have certain traits and certain things that we're being in order to get to that place. Our to do list is going to look different. We're not going to check off the same items because it may not even be related. Your industry is going to be different than my industry. My goals are going to be different than your goals, but we're both being intentional with our why. So that's why that why is so important because if you don't get your why, you kind of lose that sense of direction and where you should be going. It takes a lot of pressure off of you too, I think, because, you know, particularly, you know, as a person of faith, a Christian person, um, I would say my ultimate why is to please God. I mean, it's, it sounds maybe silly to some, but ultimately that's, that's why. (laughs) Well, if that's the why, then I can fall back on God has gifted me a particular way. And if he's gifted me this way, my, my goal, my why is to please him. So I'm going to leverage what I have and not worry about what other people have or don't have or what other people are doing. It takes so much pressure off. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like uh, that why question is absolutely essential um, for people who are dealing with just difficulty in their life, struggling through things in their life, lessons either from your own life, uh, from running, from what you've seen as you've, you know, endeavored to help people who need help. What are some of the lessons that need to be understood to push through hardship and difficulty and trial and get to that place really that God wants you to be? That's such a great question. I mean, it's, it it wraps back into basically everything we've been talking about. It's, it's, you understand, understand the why and the purpose. What's the end. I don't like using the word necessarily goal because sometimes people use that as like, I just want to get to the finish line and you, you forget about the journey of it. But that's really it is, is kind of what are you going towards? What are, what are your hopes, dreams, ambitions? What drives you? If you, can, if you can get that down, you know, and what I mean down, I mean, literally write it down, put it on a post-it note, do whatever you need to do to make it very apparent that this is who I am. Stand yeah. by it. I do that all the time with, with my social media and I don't, I don't shy away from it. I try to not make it a highlight reel. Obviously, there's certain things because it's business stuff and, and that sort of thing. It can be highlight reel-ish. But with the highlight reel aspect of it, I try to also be real. And I had a race uh, in February. It was the last race I did. And the reason I'm not running now because I've got a, a post-tib issue, a post-tib tendon issue right now. It's I, I was overconfident. And my podcast episode was literally called Overconfident. And I wanted to call me out on my own crap. And I think that's the important thing is, you know, you know your why, you have your purpose, and you're going to be going through your direction or going into the direction of where you're trying to get. But it's also taking that step back and acknowledging when you you fail, when you take that step back, really sitting in it and going, okay, why did I fail? <clears throat> what could have I done differently to get through there? And if you change that mindset, of failure isn't a bad thing. Failure is the learning experience to keep me going. Then the next time you fail, because you will fail again, it's not as difficult to kind of get over. You can regroup, understand, learn from it and keep on going. 
another piece I, I use with that in conjunction of not just wanting to give the, the highlight reel of things is I tell people all of my stupid goals. It could be like the dumbest thing where I'm like, Hey, you know, I've run the last few years. I run my age of my birthday. My birthday's in the middle of the summer, which is a horrible time to run in right. central Ohio. And I'm like, Hey, this is a great, we're just going to run. And you know, we're going to stop at a few bars along the way or whatever, and have a, have a drink every so often while we're on this run. And then you know, it's like, it becomes that day and you're like, well, now I have to do this because I just, I just told everyone I was going to do this. And, and some people take that a different way. They're like, oh, he's trying to show off or do whatever. And I do it for accountability. And I think that's the other kind of helping you with your purpose and your why and to, to persevere through situations like that is you got to have people alongside of you. You cannot do it by yourself. And that's not even just from like a, a faith thing. Obviously it's having God on my side and, and, and knowing that he's has a plan for me. And even if I try to butt heads with that plan, he's going to steer me in the right direction, but having other people around you to kind of got, like to pick you up and to motivate you and to, to be there to cheer you on, but to also let you know, like, Hey, you may have failed in this area or, Hey, you can get better in this kind of way. Having those people around you makes it almost impossible to sit in failure and be disappointed with it because you always have people to lift you up. And, and that's probably, a, a, if not the most important part of it, if not just dealing with your own purpose. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's great. Jonathan, where can people follow you, follow your organization, listen to your podcast? Uh, where do you want to point them to? Yeah. So uh, you can find me on socials at flores.run on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, hangry is get angry and hunger. I always mess that one up. Uh, and then our website is wearehangry.com. Uh, my personal website is flores.run, www.flores.run. Uh, the podcast is literally anywhere you can find podcasts, run with purpose. And then we also do all of our interviews that get thrown on our YouTube page. Um, which you can find that link on the website or there, but yeah, shoot me a DM. Um, I'm on Instagram probably more than I should be. Um, but yeah, you can reach out to me if you want to want to chat about anything. Yeah. Very cool, man. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. It's great talking to you. Um, again, I've admired you from a distance and uh, it's great to connect and hopefully we'll talk again. Yes. Yeah, sounds good. Appreciate it. Thank you. What a great conversation. So many wonderful things were said there uh, using leveraging your gifts, the, the things that you have, for the good of others is so important. Uh, having an answer to the question of why, also important. And that's something you might have to struggle through and to figure out over time. But pursue that. Get that answer. As Jonathan said, write it down so that you know why you're doing what you're doing. Be honest. Be clear. <laughs> be transparent. And have other people in your corner to help you move forward. These are all so important particularly when life gets a little more difficult than you'd like for it to be. Because you know what? That's life. And uh, appreciate these insights and perspectives from Jonathan Flores. Check out his social media, his website, the nonprofit work that he's doing. Get involved. And I think that would be awesome. Again, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Wherever it is you are consuming this media from, I appreciate it. Again, if you're listening, go over to YouTube later on. Find the YouTube channel, Jeremy Stonlucker. You can search for that name, you'll find my YouTube channel. Subscribe, hit the notification bell. Also, check out my blog, jeremystonlicker.com. Until next time, remember, in life, we only have two choices. We can march or we can die. Stay where we are, just accept what comes, and refuse to move forward because we're so overwhelmed with the difficulty. We can do that if we choose. But thankfully, the choice to march when it would be easier to die is a choice that is 
ours. Choose to march. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Beckett Cook, host of The Beckett Cook Show. I lived as a gay man in Hollywood for many, many years until I had a radical encounter with Jesus 13 years ago. Since then, I've gotten my master's degree in seminary and published a book called A Change of Affection. On my podcast, The Beckett Cook Show, I sit down with fascinating Christian scholars and thinkers to address the lies of the culture and bring the biblical truth to bear on those lies. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Becca Cook Show on your favorite podcasting platform.